Welcome to the Contending for the Word podcast, a podcast devoted to helping inform, educate, equip, and warn people about false teachers, false movements, and unbiblical philosophies. Now join our host for today's episode and enjoy. Well, welcome back to the Contending for the Word podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm your host for today. And today we're going to talk about something that is in the news all the time. It's being thrown in our face, really, almost every day. We're, we're seeing it all over the place. And it's something that we need to be speaking to more and more. And on this show, we're going to be covering, you know, not only uh, uh, information about false teachers and philosophies that are impacting the church, but we're going to be talking about matters that are outside of the church Really, this one is also inside the church uh, because you have people that are transgender in the church, even in the United Methodist denomination now, uh, they are calling themselves pastors. And so uh, we are facing an issue on this particular topic, and we need to understand it. Um, And I think that probably one of the best ways to understand it is to talk about what is our culture saying? I think if we understand how our culture is speaking about the transgender movement, I think that that will help inform us. It will even educate us. It will even embolden us. It should give us a boldness, by the way. And and it will help us to learn to speak to this issue. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. And God made a man and God made a woman. And he saw that it was good, Genesis 1 tells us. And this is such an important point because as we're facing and as we're talking about this topic, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that God made man and God made woman. And this is absolutely uh, critical. And not only is that a fundamental truth of what Scripture teaches, but we're also seeing, as we're about to hear So back in March of this year, Laura Ingram, who's a Fox News personality, uh, she interviewed a man named Chris Rufo. And the interesting thing about this clip is Chris Rufo talks about the transgender movement as a matter of worship. And he's being interviewed about a situation that's happening at Texas Children's Hospital and even the state of uh, Texas is um, intervening in this situation. They're investigating uh, Texas Children's Hospital. We don't have an update on that as of yet. But here's the thing. This, the way that Chris Rufo speaks about this should be noteworthy for us as Christians. Because we live all of life before the face of God. There's not squ- one square inch, as Abraham Kuyper once said, that where God doesn't say mine, he doesn't say mine, 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 mine. All of all of the universe belongs to God. And so uh, what Chris Rufo is about to say here is really important. And I'll touch on it uh, more when we come back from this clip. It's very scary. Uh, you know, as a parent, I would be horrified if my uh, pediatrician was talking behind closed doors about my kids' sexuality, encouraging them to have a new name, new pronouns, to get on puberty blockers and hormones. I mean, these are ideological fanatics. And my sources inside Texas Children's say uh, that the doctors who are pers- performing these procedures are absolutely committed to this ideology. They want to push as many kids through as possible. Uh, for them, it's almost like a religious commitment. Uh, This is the sacrifice that they're offering, and it's all in pursuit of some kind of vague, medically uh, mediated social justice mission. Now, notice what Chris Rufo just said. He said that this is a matter of worship and that children are being offered on the altar of sacrifice. That is a religion. They are offering what transgenderism is offering is a religion. They are offering a set of theology. They are offering a set of convictions and beliefs. This is a direct frontal assault, transgenderism, to biblical Christianity and to our conviction that men are men and women are women and that a child is a child. And here's the thing. We need to be clear about this because we're living in a day when we're facing 
cultural confusion about even at this level of gender. And this is why we're talking about these things, because here, even at the outset, we have a man being interviewed on a secular uh, news outlet, Fox News. And whether you think they're conservative or not, that's not even the point. Chris Rufo is correct. This is a matter of worship. Everything is a matter of worship. What we do in private and in public and in our homes and everywhere, the Lord sees and the Lord knows and the Lord is not fooled because he is everywhere all at once and at the same time. And so we can trust him. We can believe him. We should live our lives. um, We should live open and transparent lives before his face. And yet what is being done in this regard in many cases Yes, it's being done out in the open. Yes, many people are talking about it. And yet, even in the secret things, people think, I can just do whatever I want. But the Lord is not fooled and the Lord is not mocked on this point. Um, I want to draw your attention as well uh, to a March uh, 28th, 2023 show when Tucker Carlson was on Fox News. He's talking about uh, the Nashville shooting. By the way, these last two clips, all rights uh, to those clips belong to Fox News. So here's this clip where Tucker's going to talk about the Nashville shooting, and he's going to draw this discussion even further on the matter of worship and how uh, transgenderism is attacking Christians today. The trans movement is the mirror image of Christianity and therefore its natural enemy. In Christianity, the price of admission is admitting that you're not God. Christians openly can see that they have no real power over anything and for that matter, very little personal virtue. They will tell you to your face that they are sinful and helpless and basically absurd. They're not embarrassed about any of this, they brag about it. That saved a wretch like me goes the most famous Christian hymn ever written in English. The trans movement takes the opposite view. Trans ideology claims dominion over nature itself. We can change the identity we were born with, they will tell you with wild-eyed certainty. Christians can never agree with this statement because these are powers they believe God alone possesses. That unwillingness to agree, that failure to acknowledge a trans person's dominion over nature incites and enrages some in the trans community. People who believe they're God can't stand to be reminded that they're not. So Christianity and transgender orthodoxy are wholly incompatible theologies. They can never be reconciled. They are on a collision course with each other. Now, notice what Tucker just said at the end of that clip. Transgenderism and biblical Christianity are on a collision course with one another. And the reason for that is, let's start here. Everyone is a theologian, as R.C. Sproul once said. The question is, is whether you're a good theologian or a bad theologian. Well, transgenderism is a theology. They are uh, perpetuating a view of the body and of gender that Scripture doesn't support. God made, as we talked about earlier in Genesis 1, he made man. And from uh, man's rib, he made Eve. In Psalm 39, uh, we discover that God knits together children in their mother's womb. And that's a beautiful truth because one of the primary purposes of marriage, not the only purpose, but one of the primary purposes is for procreation, for babies to be born um, in marriage between one man and one woman for life under God and for his glory. And so we need to understand that this viewpoint, following what Scripture says, it it is so vital because what we're seeing with transgenderism is another religion entirely. It no longer matters to them whether you're a man or a woman or whatever you want to be. Just do that. And what we see in the media, especially on news outlets like CNN and ABC and NBC and uh CBS and and others, what we see is a uh, we see worldview. We see th- these people, these outlets, these newspapers perpetuating a worldview, and that worldview coheres with the transgender ideology. 
because these outlets, they oppose a biblical worldview. They oppose traditional marriage. This is why you see them push the LGBTQ agenda and even uh, the transgender agenda as well. And the reason is, is because they do not believe the biblical worldview. They are blinded by by the God of this world, as Paul would say. They're unregenerate. They don't belong to the Lord. And and we shouldn't expect them to uh, perpetuate a biblical worldview either. We need to say that as well. But at the same time, we as Christians, uh, as we enter into the public square, we need to be clear about what a biblical worldview is. We, we see this with Paul and in Acts, you know, he goes into the public square. He knows what's happening. He knows something of the culture of the day. And then he goes and he brings the gospel to bear. We need to remember that, for example, in Acts 2, the, the believers are, are gathering together at Pentecost. But then slowly but surely, they begin to scatter. They begin to go back to their homes. As Christians today, we gather uh, on the Lord's Day on Sunday and to hear the word preach from a biblically qualified pastor, to fellowship with God's people, uh, to uh, hear the, uh, the word preached and, you know, the sacraments uh, performed and all those things and more. But here's the thing. Then we scatter to our vocations, wherever the Lord has placed us. And the Lord places us where he has a, has need of us. He, his hand of providence is orchestrating the events of our lives. And from beginning to end, he knows where he has need of us. That's why the place where you live is not by accident. It's not by, uh, it's, it's, it's according to the purpose of God. God has you in that workplace to be an instrument of his grace. God has you in the house that he has you in, in the neighborhood he has you in, with the neighbors that he has you with uh, for a purpose. Uh, that is to be a light and salt to your neighbors for his glory. And what we need to understand is that the transgender movement, they gather together and then they scatter as well. What the transgender movement is doing is it's attacking biblical Christianity. It's another tool in the hand of Satan that he's seeking to supplant the truth of biblical Christianity. And yet we know what happens here. We know how that story goes. Uh, did the God in, in the garden, God said to Eve, uh, did God really say? And so even at the very beginning in the garden, uh, Satan was trying to undermine the authority of God's word. And that's what we see today. That's what's so powerful about the clip from uh, Tucker Carlson is because he's taking us even back to the garden. Did God really say? That the battle for transgenderism is not new. It goes all the way back to the garden. And we need to understand this because the issues that we face are not new ones. They all go back to the question, is God's word really authoritative or not? And if it is authoritative, then we must believe what God has said and we must do what God has said. This is so important, what I just said, because when, when God assigns us a gender, he does so at birth. And he gives us, that is a stewardship, that is a gift from God. It is not something to, to be fought against. It is not something that we should aim to change in any way. Rather, it is something that we are to steward. We are a steward. If you look at next to talking about hell, Jesus talks about stewardship, uh, the second most in, in his ministry. That's because all of our lives are stewardship. They're a gift from the Lord. They are a blessing from the Lord. And we are to use that stewardship, as Paul would say, to use our time well because the days are evil. We need to utilize the time that we have been given with excellence, as Paul talks about in Colossians 3, uh, under the hand of God and for his glory. We will be held accountable for our idleness, for our apathy, for our laziness, but we'll also be rewarded for being a good steward of our time and our talents and our treasure. But this is where we need to be clear. Part of being a good steward of our time and our resources is to make sure that we're being faithful to what God has said and that we're doing what God has declared. And when we're not, we need to be clear, we're in disobedience against the Lord. We desperately need to speak out against this particular topic 
of transgenderism in our day. We need to do so not being afraid. Remember, we've seen two clips so far, two clips from two secular outlets. We as Christians need to be just as vocal on this on this topic. And that's why on Contending for the Word, you're going to hear me talk about this topic again and again, among others as well, because it's a topic that I want to see us speak out more against. It's a topic that uh, directly counters the biblical worldview that God made a man and he made a woman and that he saw that it was good. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to cower in fear. We need to speak up. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to contend for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints, as Jude 3 says. And we need to do as 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25 says, to correct our opponents with gentleness. You know, that God might bring them to repentance. And see, this is what we need to, to call a, a even our culture to, they are dead, as Paul said in Ephesians 2, in their trespasses and sin, and only God can make dead things alive. This is what the gospel does. It takes us from death to life. It takes us, as Paul says in Colossians 1, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. This is what the Lord longs to do. In Luke 19.10, Jesus says this very thing, that he came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, Jesus says in John 10 that he that he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one lost sheep, right? Uh, he, he came, Matthew 121 says, he came under the sentence of death uh, to pay the penalty in our place in his. And this is what is so vital for us to understand today. We have a superior word. We have a sufficient word. We have a binding word. And that word centers on the person and work of Jesus. And so as we talk about these matters in our culture, we need to be clear. These people are propounding a worldview. They are propounding, espousing, if you will, a theology that doesn't cohere with what the Bible says. And it is okay. It is the most loving thing for us to do, as Paul says in Ephesians 5.11, to expose the works of darkness. Because behind those works of darkness, Revelation 9 says, these lies come from the abyss, the pit of hell. They come from the hand of Satan. And what Satan wants to do is he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to harm our children. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing as we, we talked about this we talked already about this check to children's hospital. They're hurting children. They they are actively promoting uh the the transitioning of of boys to girls and girls to boys. And that is going to have devastating consequences on our civilization because these things are not just one time one-time situations these are matter li these are lifelong decisions these are permanent decisions that these children are being forced to make at youngest age where where is our parents where is our parents speaking up about these things where where is our churches speaking up about these things where are the pastors speaking up about this and and where is the average christian speaking up about these things all of us need to be involved we need to understand as well that it's it's not only just you know, uh, on, on news outlets, but but also in the sports community and all around us, children, if you have a child that plays baseball or volleyball or on and on it goes, they are being, uh, this ideology is being pushed on them all the time, not just in schools, but when they play sports, as we're about to see in this next clip. <laughs> male has just become the first transgender person to win a world title in cycling. First transgender weightlifter winning her maiden international event as a woman. Leah Thomas taking first place in the NCAA 500 yard freestyle. She is the first transgender athlete to be crowned NCAA champion. Leah Thomas beat fellow teammate Anna Catalanzi by 38 seconds at the 1653. Thomas could be overheard bragging. That was so easy. I was cruising. His daughter was also forced to share the same locker room as Leah Thomas and be exposed to Thomas's male genitalia. Two transgender athletes took off flying and left all of us girls in the dust. Dominating the competition. As a trans athlete, I'm not a threat to women's sports because I am a woman. I'm going to see you on the but this one is going to be Delaware. 
a male could be 40% stronger than a female on his legs with his like shoulder width. Those things don't change when transgender women suppress testosterone. They don't get shorter. I can train 20 hours a week, but I cannot train to be a man. Transgender MMA fighter Fallon Fox has really shaken up the sport. Tamika Brent decided to step up and say, I'll fight her. And oh my God, wasn't that a huge mistake? Tamika suffered a concussion and a fractured her orbital bone in her skull. She received several staples in her head. I fought a lot of women and have never felt the strength that I felt as I did that night. I can only say I have never felt so overpowered ever in my life. Notice what that last clip said. This woman had never felt so overpowered in her life. We've been talking today about the matter of worship. And what we need to understand is that behind the matter of worship is our theology. Theology impacts or fuels our worship. Often today, it's seen as the opposite, that our worship doesn't really matter we, as long as we worship anything or whatever. Uh, after all, our culture even tells us, uh, as I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, uh, just keep your faith uh, in the private. Just keep it silent. Keep it to yourself, right? But here's the thing. Do, 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 do people that play sports, do they keep it to themselves? Do they keep it private? No, they go out. They go out into the arena and they play the sport. They do what they love. And we we watch them. We enjoy them. We and now now. But these things often can become a matter of worship when we prioritize sports or our hobbies or even our jobs, our vocations above the Lord. And this is what is the problem with these matters and why they entrench themselves into the sports community today. It's because we are all worshipers. As Ecclesiastes 3.11, God said there through uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has set eternity on our hearts. We can't help but worship. We were made to worship God and enjoy him forever, as the, as the first point of the Westminster Confession of Faith said. And this is why we need to understand that these things are so vital and that our kids, our kids, as scripture says, are a blessing from the Lord. They are a blessing from the Lord. As adults, we need to speak up for them. As Christian adults, we need to speak up. So whether you're a, a, a homeschool parent or or your parent or your children are you know in, in public school or Christian school or you homeschool them, every single parent who is a Christian should be concerned about this because whether, whether you have kids in the public schools or you have them in private school or you homeschool them, they, your kids are going to know people and know other kids that are being affected by these things. Teachers are being impacted by this as well. I, I have heard from many teachers over the last few years, as I've been very vocal on about this, uh, that they are being impacted. They are being forced to make a decision whether they're going to have to resign early, some who are nearing retirement, some who are even considering leaving teaching entirely because of this matter. We cannot afford to lose our good teachers, especially Christian teachers in the public schools. We need to speak out about this. And this is not just a matter of getting on your social media and speaking about it. This is a matter of getting involved in the whole process from beginning to end with the school at the school board level, all the way up to the federal level. So this is also why we need to care about why we, who we vote for. We need to be clear. Does this candidate, do they support transgender rights? Well, if you're a Christian and you cannot vote for somebody who supports transgender rights, or transgender ideology, because it, it counters, as we've already seen, the biblical worldview. God made a man and he made a woman. He didn't make a, a, a man to become a woman or a woman to become a, a man. He didn't. He made a man to be a man and he and a woman to be a woman. And he assigned uh, that gender at birth. And so uh, we need to understand this as well. But I also want to say something else. You know, uh, growing up, I played I played tennis at a very high level. I played at a private club in the Seattle area. Um, I, I played all, in tournaments all the time. Growing up, I also played soccer, and I played I played usually two 
uh, age groups ahead of where I was. So when I was 10, I was playing with 12 year olds. Uh, I was good at soccer, mostly because I was fast um, and I had some skill. But also the thing is, is um, I in high school, I played golf at a high level. I played regularly in tournaments um, around the state of Washington and in um, high school as well. I, I, so the point is, is I understand what it takes uh, to compete at a high level uh, in a variety of different sports. And the thing is, is you give have to give so much time and so much attention um, to practicing again and again and again, whether that's, you know, playing tennis over and over again and having coaches. And it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money and it's a great investment of your life. And and the thing is, is here are our kids that are involved in sports, heavily involved, and they are being impacted. Now, in the case of, you know, Leah Thomas, you know, he and I'm using he on purpose. You know what? He wasn't even one of the best swimmers in the NCA among men. You know what? If he was, we're talking these guys are at the, the Olympic level. And and so here is Leah Thomas. He he is. You know what? Not even one of among the best. And he's competing among the best. And and we know that Riley Gaines, for example, was among the best. She almost beat uh, Leah Thomas. And the thing is, is, you know, this is why we're going to come back to this, because we are seeing an ideology. In fact, Riley Gaines was speaking at um, in, at a university in San Francisco. And you know what? She got personally attacked. She was she had to stay in the room uh, where she was to be protected because these transgender activists, they were attacking her. They wanted to do her harm. Tell me if that's not activism right there. That's what we're seeing in our culture today. We're seeing people who are activists for their ideology. We are seeing people who believe their worldview so much that they are willing to do violence to other people in the name of their religion, in the name of their ideology. That is the definition of extremism. And and what we see is on CNN and a- ABC and, you know, NBC and uh, CBS and other networks and outlets as well. We don't see them talking about this because they support this ideology, the transgender ideology. But we as Christians need to be clear about where that ideology comes from, the transgender ideology. It does not come from the Bible. It, it comes from the pit of hell. It emanates, as Revelation says, from the pit of the abyss. And we need to be so clear about that, that even though we're speaking out against these matters and we're showing the origin of where these things come from, we need to be clear about them because you know what? If we're not clear about them, we don't, we're not going to be able to speak to them. Behind every single person's worldview is a, is a set of, we can say, presuppositions. It's, a, it's an idea of what they think that the world should be, what they think. We, we, we see Paul in Acts, um, in Acts, we see him in, when he's engaging in the public square. We see him challenging people's worldview assumptions and pointing them to the truth, understanding this is what they think, this is what they believe. And then he goes on to share Christ with them. So the goal is never just to make somebody feel less than. The goal is to sh- to understand without compromising the truth, their worldview, not to engage in worldliness either, by the way, not to compromise uh, a-, a godly life in Christ, but to understand something of what the culture is saying so that we can engage other people with the gospel. This is why we need to understand what's happening in our culture today. Not, not so that we will succumb to the culture, not so that we'll cave to their ideology and philosophy, but so that we can understand this is where this ideology comes from. It comes from the pit of the abyss. It comes because people are sinners by nature and by choice. And what they would love to do, what they love to do outside of Christ is to rebel against Christ. Because they are dead, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, in their trespasses and sins. And what we need to do is we need to not only tell them that they're dead in their trespasses and sins, but how could they, as Paul says, to for us to do in 2 Corinthians 5, 
It's to make an appeal to them to be reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus. You see, our great need today is not only just to expose where the theology comes from, but also then as we're doing that to point people to the Lord Jesus. And that's ultimately the the great issue today. People are dead in their trespasses and sins. The people that are supporting their activists for the transgender ideology, their worldview is bankrupt. They are perpe- they are espousing, they are teaching a worldview. And those who are adherents to that worldview that are activists, and we need to understand something here. You know, those news organizations and those outlets that are supporting this transgender uh, agenda, they're activists as well. They are activists. They are they are giving you their worldview. They are telling you this is what they believe. And so they they even there we have to be Bereans. We have to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. We need to love the Lord our God, as Jesus says, with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And part of that is using the brain that God gave us. See, Christianity, we need to be very clear about this. Christianity is not anti-intellectual. This is why Christians started hospitals and orphanages and universities and colleges and on and on and on, and yes, churches, and and why we even have, have engaged from the very beginning in, in counseling other people out of love for the Lord and out of love for our neighbor. Um, we need to understand these things. They are so critical because it's not only our the children the, who are the future uh, of our society that matter, um, it's also every single person that is perpetuating this ideology, this this worldview. In fact, in the news recently, everybody should know or be aware of, if you're not, it's okay, um, Alice Cooper. Al, a rock legend, according to the Daily Wire, this story is called Alice Cooper Loses Brand Partnership After Slamming Trans Movement. Uh, rock legend Alice Cooper, he lost a brand partnership, the Daily Wire said, with a cosmetic company after he slammed the transgender movement in an interview la- later this uh, previous week. Cooper had just signed a brand deal with Vampire Cosmetic only a couple of weeks ago, but it has been since canceled after the rockers spoke out against gender-affirming care for minors, according to the New York Post. And now in an interview with Stereo Gum, Cooper was asked about other rock giants who have come out against transgenderism. And he says this, I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid it's also a fad. And I'm I'm afraid that there are a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that, he said. And I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea. He wants to play and you're confusing him, telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be. I think that's so confusing to a kid. It's even confusing to a teenager, he continued. You're still trying to find your identity. And here's this thing going on saying, yeah, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. I mean, if you identify as a tree and I'm going, come on, uh, Cooper says, what are we in? A Kurt Vonnegut novel? It's so absurd that it's gone to the point of absurdity. And following Cooper's remarks, Vampire Cosmetic released a statement on Instagram saying, In light of recent statements by Alice Cooper, we will no longer be doing a makeup collaboration. We stand with all members of the LGBTQI plus community and believe everyone should have access to healthcare. The cosmetic company noted that all pre-order sales will be refunded. And in the same interview, Cooper slammed the whole woke movement and the restrictions that are placed around what is okay and what's not, saying this, who's making the rules? Is there a building somewhere in New York where people sit down every day and say, okay, we can say, we can't say mother now. We have to say a birthing person. Get that uh, on the wire right now, he continued. Who is this person that's making these rules? I don't get it. I'm not being old school about it. I'm being logical about it. Cooper called the woke movement laughable at this point, noting that few people agree with extreme ideas that woke people support. And he says this, so I say, let somebody at least become sexually aware of who they are before they start thinking about if they're a boy or a girl. A lot of times I look at it this way, the logical way. 
If you have these genitals, you're a boy. If you have those genitals, you're a girl. There's a difference between I'm a male who's a female or I am a female that's a male and wanting to be a female. You were born a male. Okay, so that's a fact. You have these things here. Cooper said he believes that some might be taking advantage of the trans movement to get into women's restrooms. And he says, well, I can see somebody really taking advantage of this, though. He says a guy can walk into a woman's bathroom at any time and just say, I just feel like I'm a woman today and have the time of his life in there. And he's not in the least bit. He's just taking advantage of this situation. Well, that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to get raped and the guy's going to say, well, I felt like a girl that day. And then I felt like a guy. Where do I draw this line? And Cooper said that eventually things would get to the point where society started hitting the pause button on the trans issue like artificial intelligence. He says it's dangerous. Now, this is really, really an important thing. And let me be clear about something. Alice Cooper got attacked on just about every social media platform out there. It's it's in the news. Um, and, and this is what we need to understand. How much more evidence do we need to, as Christians, be speaking up about this? Now, you don't have to have a podcast to do this. You don't have to have a pulpit. You don't have to be a biblically qualified pastor to be to be speaking about these matters. You need to you need whether you're a homeschool mom or or you're a, or you're a dad, you need to be speaking with your kids about these things because whether they are at a Christian school, whether they are at a public school or some other private school, they are going to hear about these things. You need to be having these conversations and training your child, as Scripture says, in the ways of the Lord. From the Bible, the Word of God, having regular conversations, not just about what their gender is and, um, you know, if they're a, a, a boy, uh, they're a boy. And if they're a girl, you know, they're a girl. And But also about purity, about, you know, biblical sexuality, about marriage, about sin and Jesus and the church and all these things, we need to be training our children in a holistic way from the Word of God. And we also need to be, uh, in our churches, we need to be training parents to speak to their children and equipping them to have these kinds of conversations with other people. These are matters. These are issues that are out there. And everybody, as they, yes, as they gather on the Lord's Day to hear the Word preached, and then they scatter the, in our jobs and in, in our vocation, especially if you have a secular vocation, you're going to hear about these things all the time from other people. Because now now where we've gone as a culture, a, a cultural norm is those things that are accepted, valued in the study of sociology. And where we've come is before this was never a, a, a cultural norm. It was never a cultural accepted thing. But now where we've come is we've come to the place where transgenderism is a cultural norm it is accepted it, that's why it's espoused by you know traditional media like abc and nbc and cbs and uh, cnn and um in other outlets like it that propound that worldview and we need to understand these things and to be clear about them because these anchors these outlets these newspapers even even radio are propounding a worldview and we need to be careful as Christians that we're, we're guarding our hearts with all due diligence, as Proverbs 4.23 says. And we we are filling our mind and our hearts through the reading and the study and the meditating and the memorization of Scripture. And that we're under sound expository preaching from a biblically qualified male pastor. This is so vital today uh, because as Alice Cooper is right, he he is right. You know what? Uh I remember a situation, I, I've talked about it on my other podcast, Equipping You in Grace, where I was a special ed uh, paraprofessional. And one day there was this there was this boy. He was a boy the previous day. And then the next day he was, uh, we were told he's a girl. And so we needed to treat him as a girl. And we weren't supposed to question this. And I remember thinking, wow, this is right in your face. And it's, and it's in the face of those who are in our school system every day. It's in our face every day now uh, in the media. And and this was, by the way, when I was a paraprofessional, this was in the state of Idaho, uh, shortly around the same time when they had um, started having transgender bathrooms. 
transgender bathrooms. There's a real concern, as Cooper said, and even other female athletes um, that are in the in college athletics have spoken up about many of them about the fact that they are uncomfortable with a transgender athlete being in their locker room with them. And here's the thing. We're living in a time when this religion of transgenderism is being uh, espoused, not just as a culturally accepted norm, but it's being thrown in our face. And if you speak out against it, if you oppose it, you are a bigot. You are less than. You are a second-class citizen, and you don't have the right to speak or to be considered. Well, you know, in the last time I checked, the Constitution guarantees the right and um, of free speech, not just for those who are have a culturally accepted view, but for every single person. When, where, and yet these people with the transgender movement and even the LGBTQ movement, what they propound is a view of tolerance, but it's tolerance only for their viewpoint. Isn't that interesting? And and the main people that they attack is Christians. They attack Christians. They attack those who hold to a biblical worldview about men, about women, about the Bible, about creation, about the church, and so much more. We need to be clear about these things today because we're facing unprecedented attacks on the biblical worldview, on the authority of Scripture itself. And as we're about to see, even even a, a secular atheist uh, biologist, Richard Dawkins, understands this when he says this in this clip. Sex really is binary, there's no question about it. You're either male or female, and it's absolutely clear. You can do it on gamete sides, you can do it on chromosomes. To me, as a biologist, distinctly weird. People can simply declare, I am a woman, though I have a penis. Helen, what do you think lies behind this odd distortion of reality? I would say that when I started to write about it first, I quickly realised that this wasn't treated the same way as anything else. Like, just asking very obvious questions, like, um, don't you think that if we allow people to self-identify their sex, this will lead to, for example, destroying women's sports or putting rapists in women's jails? People would turn this back on me and say, you think that trans people are predators, you're a bigot. What we were talking about here was an intensely linguistic movement. Like, there isn't a sense in which a man can become a woman, except linguistically. Like, yes, okay, he can have operations, most trans people don't have any operations don't take any medicine but that doesn't change your sex so friends we need to be clear we've seen uh the clip with chris rufo on laura ingram's program we've we've heard from tucker we we've seen these sports clips we've uh talked about alice cooper's situation that's happened there's other situations that have happened that are similar to it now we've even heard from an atheist a biologist in richard dawkins uh, clearly defining that there is a difference there a man is a man and a woman is a woman and and as that woman on that clip said uh, we are talking about linguistic differences we're talking about as we'll talk about as we go on we're talking about the idea of language we're talking about the meaning and the definition of words um in in 2018 the the word of the year was post-truth and that would accurately describe the world in which we're living in in, in a post-truth culture Words don't have meaning. They have the meaning that I assign them to, that I value. And so I can define anything the way I want to. Uh, we, we can uh, define uh, whatever we want, however we want, because it's my personal take. And you're not allowed to challenge my personal take. If you do, you're a bigot. You're intolerant. Uh, that's the suggestion of our day. And yet, let's be clear about something. As Christians, we thoroughly reject that. That's exactly why we are attacked and maligned. And we should never make an apology for that. That doesn't mean that we don't show compassion. That doesn't mean that we don't have hearts of compassion either. It means that we we oppose that worldview because that's the worldview that that behind behind the the worldview that our world has is is Satan. And what Satan wants to do is he wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to lead people away from the Lord, away from the truth. Did God really say, as Satan said to Eve in the garden, yeah, doubt the biblical authority, uh, redefine what truth means, make it all about me and mine and myself. That's what Romans 1 is talking about as well, the, the worship of self rather than the worship of God. 
You see, we would rather naturally dead in our trespasses and sins apart from the Savior and Lord who alone can save. This is what Romans 1 talks about. It talks about how, you know, we would rather worship the the created things that the creator made rather than the creator who created everything. And the difference is massive because when we place self at the center, we have a self-made religion and every self-made religion opposes the knowledge of God. This is why Calvin in his institutes is right. We need to care about knowledge of God coming from his word and we need to have knowledge of ourselves coming from God's word. We need to know who we really are and what we really are. And we need to know what the creator demands. That's what God has done. In Genesis, he very clearly tells us, this is who the Lord is. He made the world and he made us. And he tells us about sin and the fall and his plan of restoration and to reconcile men to himself. And this is what Christ has come to do. He has come in his, he came in the incarnation under the sentence of death to pay the penalty for you and I in our place and for our sin and to be buried and to rise again. And Luke's gospel, which was written to set an orderly account of all these things to Theophilus, Luke wrote this, that that at the core of his gospel in Luke 19.10 was that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And this is what Jesus has come to do. Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. Every single Christian is called to do the work of an evangelist. We are to make disciples who make disciples of Christ. Out, out in our world today, the, our culture is making disciples. But our culture is also saying things like we've seen today. Our culture is realizing that with the rapid change of language and the, the, the relativistic use of language that the very meaning of of things like traditional values of a of a husband and a wife and are under attack today and so much more and we as christians have the better answer we have the better and sure word in the scriptures that tell us this is who the lord is this is what the lord has done in making us men and women in his image and in his likeness and we point out these differences between what the world is saying and what the the Bible says, because we love people. We want to see them come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And the word of Christ is the gospel. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. See, there is salvation in no other name other than in Christ, Acts 4, 12 says. That is so important because it means that that Christianity is an exclusive and restrictivist religion. It is only through saving faith in Christ alone that one can be saved. As Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to me except through the Father. And that's that's absolutely true. And we're living in a day when truth is absolutely under assault, as we see from the worldview study from Arizona Christian University and the George Barna, George Barna group there that 25% of even Christians today believe in absolute truth. And if you look at the state of theology, people today, even Christians, professing Christians, they doubt the authority of the scriptures. They think that even it's a book of fairy tales amiss. All one has to do is go look at the top podcast under religion and spirituality in the Christian category, and, and you see even New Age teachers being uh, pur purported supporting the Enneagram and and more today. And ask yourself the question, even even the, the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association, the top list of books sold that we as Christians are buying are full of self-help. They're, they're not full of biblical truth. And our great need today is to stand fast, to inform, yes, to educate, yes, to also be aware of what's happening in inside the church and outside of it so that we might expose the works of darkness so that we might as ephesians 5 11 says that that we might contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints you see it's not just false teachers among our ranks that matter we're going to talk about those on this show as well but it's also out there in our culture we need to be we gather on the lord's day we scatter to wherever we are and we need to understand what's happening in our culture so that we can speak intelligently, 
because we have been called by the Lord to love him with all of our minds. We, we've been called, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, to give a reason for the answer for the hope that we have and to do it with gentleness and respect. And by the way, it, gentleness, Paul says in Galatians 5.22-23, is a fruit of the Spirit. So today we've, we've looked at clips with Chris Rufo and Texas Children's Hospital, where he told us about how you know, this was a, the, our children are being offered on the altar of sacrifice, and that's a matter of worship. We heard from Tucker Carlson, who told us about, you know, this for more about how this worship and how worship and how the ideology of transgenderism is opposing Christianity. And we saw how uh, all these things are happening in the sports world and how they're supporting uh, transgenderism. We heard from Alice Cooper and that that Daily Newswire article that I read to you, um, how he, he thinks that this ideology is is doing harm to our children. And we heard from Richard Dawkins, uh, an atheist uh, biologist, about how men are men and women are women. And so we need to be clear about something. The reason that I talk about these things today isn't to praise the world. The reason is, is our world is understanding these things and they're starting to speak out. How much more should we as Christians who have a better and sure word be speaking out about these things? We must fear God. We must believe who God is and what he's like as revealed in the word. And we must proclaim without fear, and without apology. We must repent of if we have the fear of man. We must repent of that and fear God and speak the truth in love as commanded in Ephesians 4.15 so that God might be, use us as an instrument, as a vessel, to speak the truth to, to a watching world that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Well, I hope this episode has been helpful to you, that it's informed you, that it's educated you, that it's helped you to understand some more of this issue. We're definitely going to come back to this one and other news topics as we continue on. For now, I want to thank you for listening to Contending for the Word, and may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Contending for the Word. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, and follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, or X. We appreciate your support.